Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have fan and friend of the show, Tim Marshall, to discuss Saturday's trip to Burnley and we'll preview next week's visit of Liverpool. He's also going to tackle our quiz and try and beat Matt's score from last week of four. Pretty good effort. Uh, we have the usual news, fantasy football, Super 6, and no doubt a Russian phrase thrown in there. Um, before we bring in Tim, I'm going to bring in the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. All right, Kev, you little tosser. You're all right, you big wanker. Well, thanks. So, how has your week been? It's been incredibly busy, yeah. We've been on a open tour of the Emerald Isle. Um, yeah, had a very, very good, uh, interesting time. Really enjoyed ourselves. Uh, was with the missus and her friend and a friend's husband. And, yeah, I think we went just about everywhere that you could imagine in Ireland. And whereabouts are you now? Uh, I am reporting live from Barack Obama Plaza. Uh, off the M7 in uh, Tipperary. Nice. Very good. Uh, yes, it's Shane Long country. Whereabouts are you headed to? Uh, I'm to the west of Kerry, uh, the Gaeltacht, uh, where, they, where they still speak uh, Irish. 
and I'm going on a, an Irish language course for, for the rest of the next week. It's log on, log on drive. Where, um, is, is the missus still with you? No, she went back to the Russia. Um, yeah, she wasn't interested in uh, improving her Irish. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's um, working next week. Excellent. Okay, right, now I'm going to bring in our guest, Tim Marshall. Tim, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, just got off a, a plane from Montreal, Canada. First time in North America. Uh, been there for the last eight days. Had a fantastic time. Yeah, that's just, I mean, you say you've just got off a plane. It was like an hour ago, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, it was about two hours ago. Uh, landed this morning uh, yeah, in Heathrow and then hopped on the tube back up to North London where I live. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. And the first thing that you do when you get home is, is come and talk to us. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bit jet lagged? Uh, not, not really. I was just ch- chatting with Ray and I was saying, weirdly, everyone always says that um, this is the worst way going west-east, but I actually found the other way much worse. Like I was saying earlier, I, I feel like it's actually about 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening, when actually on Canadian time it should be about 9am. So somehow I've gone forward five hours rather than than uh, sorry, ten rather than five. Okay, yeah, that sounds quite confusing. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> not as bad, not as bad as on the way out for some reason. Maybe you just get get uh, used to it. Yeah, um, are you trained to work on Monday? Straight to work tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're not going to do much the rest of the day. Chat to you guys. Uh, maybe catch the Chelsea Man United game later. Unpack, etc. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> excellent. Whereabouts in Canada did you go? Did you just go to Montreal? So we just went to Montreal. We neither of us drive, me and my uh, fiance. So we were planning to make some some trips out to either Quebec City or Ottawa. In the end, it's quite expensive there, and we spent quite a lot of money on like a hotel for eight days. And then also uh, the sort of centerpiece of our trip was going to see Iron Maiden play. Ah, oh, um, yes, I actually saw that on your Twitter. I was that, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an, a massive Iron Maiden fan, and. Uh, for some reason, I only got around seeing them live for the first time last year in London on the Legacy of the Beast tour, which is basically them playing sort of retrospective of their best hits over the last 40 years. And uh, it's the same show, essentially, but they're doing in the North American leg now. So I kind of said to, um, to Anne, my fiance, I was like, right, we really want to go to North America because neither of us have been there. And she was like, yeah, I want to go to New York. And I was like, yeah, we could do, but I want to go to Montreal because I'm amazing at playing there. We <laughs> <laughs> arranged our massive summer holiday around that. Um, <laughs> Which worked out fine, because she did actually absolutely love the show, because she hadn't seen them before at all, and uh, was like, really surprised. There's so many elements to it, like the opening song, and they have a life-size Spitfire fly yeah, over yeah. the crowd. So many pyrotechnics, giant inflatable devils, you know, full-on uh, spinal tap. Like, deafeningly loud, but still really good quality sound. Everyone there is in their maiden t-shirts, tanked up on Trooper Beer. Like, it's a bit like going to a football match, but everyone supports the same team. Yeah. And you actually enjoy it. Yeah, and you enjoy it. You know it's going to be a good result, and uh, <laughs> you enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, and everyone knows all the words to all the songs as well. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Getting married to them? Uh, not until October next year. Uh, we start like Which Iron Maiden song is going to be your first dance? <laughs> I reckon, yeah, bring the doors to the slaughter. For, for <laughs> <one to start. laughs> uh, so, so the, the prospective father in law is going to love that. <laughs> yeah, she's Norwegian, so they'll all be uh, coming over on uh, longboats with the Viking hats on. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, okay, so I want to chat about your Saints fandom. Um, how, yes. how long have you been a fan for? 
So I'm 32. I would say I've been a fan for 27 years, probably. Long suffering, yeah. then. Indeed, yeah. So that's coming for a good three decades, isn't it? Mm. And you, you live in London? I do live in London, but I was born in Winchester, which I'm sure you guys know. Love Winchester. Uh, yeah, nice part of the world. Mm. And not very far from Southampton at all. Went to school in Southampton. So, uh, yeah, know the area very well. Parents still live down there. Go back and see them quite a bit. And obviously... Kind of a line that we're going to see Saints as well. So how, yeah, so, how often do you get to see Saints? Uh, I'd say last season I went to uh, probably eight or nine home games, and then I went Quite to the Arsenal and Fulham games in London as well. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and try I'll probably do about the same this season as well. Yeah, try and get to at least half of the the home games and uh, London ones and any cup ones as well because it's easier to get tickets for them usually as well. But my dad is a decent ticket holder. Oh, so okay. my aunt is quite quiet and one of them can't go, so I'll, I'll take the other one, so I'll either go with my dad or my aunt, or if I really want to go, I'll buy myself a ticket as well, but then I have to sit on my own in somewhere, somewhere else in the ground. Um, do you remember your first game? I do indeed. First game was uh, 1994, 8th of October. So, uh, oh, wow, yeah. very specific. Yeah, yeah almost 25 uh, years ago. It was uh, against Everton, and we won 2-0. I think I've got the programme somewhere at home. Because that's how I remember that the goal scorers were uh, Ronnie Eckland and Matt Lassizier. Of course, who else? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's good. Right, before, before we go into the news, I just want to um, mention that last season we had John Smith on the show and we discussed the charity Scotty's Little Soldiers and it's dedicated to supporting the bereaved children of um, military personnel. So John got involved with Saints Foundation, Big Bike Ride, and became heavily involved with cycling. Uh, and during, this, during his training, he came up with the idea of cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats, all in aid of Scotty's Little Soldiers. So that's like, like a 10-day cycle, and he's aiming to raise £5,000. So please, could you, you know, visit Just Give, it's Just Giving page. It's Mark and John's Le Jog for Scotty's. I'll put the link up in our show notes. So yes, yeah, so give it a visit, read all their story, and, you know, see what you can do. Give what you can. It'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a good lad. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, on to the news. Uh, the first thing I want to discuss was, um, did you see that Hassan Hurtle underwent a minor procedure on a leg injury, which kept him out of the dugout for the Cologne game? Yeah, well, you, you told me about um, that one. I, I hadn't heard about that before. Yeah, I've not heard anything since. It was just something that I thought, you know, let's bring it up and see. Yeah, so he missed that. He was out of the dugout. Um, but it all went well. He's back. So, yeah. First one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Danny, Danny Roll, he's, uh, after leaving the club, he's um, taking a job at Bayern Munich now. So, that would give us some suggestions to, to why he left. Yeah. Um, and with that, his, his official title is Performance Analyst. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a step down, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, assistant manager at Saints or on the coaching staff at Bayern Munich in his own country. I wouldn't really call it a step down. I mean, in terms of the actual... The role, yeah. ...job, yeah. But um, I guess he's getting himself on the, on the ladder there at Bayern Munich. Definitely. He's doing it, he's doing it the right way, yeah. Um, two fixture changes for October. The Chelsea game has been moved from the 5th to Sunday the 6th. And the Leicester game has been moved, for, moved to the Friday night of the 25th. So yeah, just another one to update your diary for. But they've been, they've been moved for television? Yes. 
Okay, so we might actually see some Saints games on, on Sky these days. We will do on the Friday, especially yeah, the Friday night against Leicester. Yeah, the Friday night against Leicester and then the Chelsea one. It's obviously been moved because everyone wants to see Chelsea, not because of us, but still, I'll take it. Yeah. And the Leicester one? I, um, I'd imagine the majority of neutrals will probably want to see Leicester. Got to be. Possibly. But yeah, that's a strange one. Yeah, Nathan Redmond's uh, got a new four-year deal now, so he's, uh, he's back on the books. That, that question... Uh, has been answered. Yeah, and um, I've heard a lot of people say that was probably the best bit of business we've done all summer, actually. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite possibly. Um, I don't know how, how much he's getting paid, though. So, do you guys have any idea? You think he'd want to be made one of our highest earners, and I, I think I'm right in saying on 80k. Yeah, I think it's around yeah. about that. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. yeah. After his season last year, he, he probably his agents probably demanded that he gets a. You know, substantial increase. Yeah, he's how, by far our best player. Exactly, and how important it is to us. Um, a couple of moves. Obviously, it was transfer deadline day on Thursday, but um, I talk about Josh Sims. He's moved to New York Red Bull on loan, and Harrison Reed went to Fulham on loan. And we said goodbye to Charlie Austin. He went to West Brom on a permanent deal. Are you upset about that one, Tim? Um, this is kind of like a game of uh, sort of snog Mario Boyd, isn't it, really? Because, like, I definitely <laughs> avoid uh, Charlie Austin and, um, you know, pro- probably give Harrison Reed a quick snog win and he's off. That's fine. And I absolutely <laughs> love Josh Sims and I'd, I'd want to sort of marry him because every time I've seen him live, um, particularly the Spurs game last season when he comes off, he just makes such a difference. Like, he seems to absolutely terrify defences. Uh, he's really pacey. Just, he really gets the crowd going because he's, like he's a youth player as well. Um, he had that fantastic debut against Everton. He had the amazing, memorable uh, moment when he set up long for the uh, goal at Anfield. And yep. the, the, I just don't know what we're doing. Um, and I think it's really, really bad. And as I said, the other two, I don't, I don't really care. I'm glad to be the back of of uh, Charlie Austin and um, Harrison uh, pretty neutral about. I, yeah, Josh Sims was it? I was really, I mean, I don't know if I spoke to you about it, Kev, but I was quite upset about that one. So I thought, I mean, he's young enough, he's, he's giving enough, he should be the sort of player that Ralph wants in this current Saints out. But that, for me, that tells me there's something missing. There's something that Ralph doesn't like. For him to well, for allow him to go online, like you said, there's a couple of games that he come in last season, he changed it. He was brilliant, and a lot of people have said, yeah, you know, he come on for 20 minutes. I think it was that Spurs game, and he he could have been man of the match. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I was there. I think my man of the match that day. Yeah, I think I gave him man of the match on the podcast. I think well. you did, Kev. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's the that's the shot for me. I mean, Harrison Reid. I think we all know that he's not good enough. He, I mean, he's that age now where if he's not playing in the Saints team now, he's never going to. And obviously we wanted to see, you know, Austin go because he'd slipped down with Adams coming in. Uh, yeah, but the the Sims, I'm 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 disappointed with that one. Yeah, I think the the Fulham deal with Harrison Reed, I think um, it would be good if we could make that deal permanent. And um, Charlie Austin, that's exactly the kind of move that we were expecting. Um, yeah, to the championship where I think he'd probably get get on quite well there. He'd do well, yeah, for West Brom. But why did he turn it down? Like like weeks ago, when that that move was on the cards, him going to West Brom then. Why? I think he wanted to go to London, didn't he? I mean, there was all that talk on social media about um, yeah, how much he misses London and so on. So maybe a, a move to I don't know. Yeah, but it didn't work out for him, did it? So it was just no. I don't. It might be why. 
And, um, yeah, incomings on transfer deadline day. Um, I think I got to the stage where I wasn't expecting anything, and then out of the blue, uh, we signed defender Kevin Danso. Um, yeah, 20 year old Austrian uh, coming in from Augsburg. Yeah, are you excited about, about yeah. this? Is this the, what we've been waiting for? Yeah, I think um, there's a bit of a classic thing, uh, sort of Twitter um, experience where. No one had ever heard of him, and then suddenly everyone got really excited and were really worried. I survived the deadline, and then there was an account that was uh, did a pretty good Photoshop job actually with him in the shirt. I saw it. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong, well wrong in the name. Um, but if he, you know, if he's if he's, uh, if he's strong, basically good in the air, all, all the things that um, went wrong yesterday, then he will be a really uh, good acquisition for the for, for the squad. I just don't think we know that much about him, but. There's obviously the uh, the Austrian link with with Ralph, and you have to sort of trust in his his scouting, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like you, Kev. I was on the actual day. I was sat there just. I mean, I had a couple of text messages coming through asking me if I'd heard anything, any, any players coming in, and I just said, "Look, don't expect anyone to come in. It's just going to be a lot of people going out. That's all we can, you know, say. I don't, I don't expect us to sign another centre back." And then, like you said, Tim, as soon as this, you know, Kevin Dantzler was was put around on Twitter, everybody, I mean, it just lit up, and then I was there, like, yeah, like, I was doing the thing, I was refreshing, I was checking, oh, have we not got mm-hmm. him yet, what's going on, why haven't we got him, I really want this player now more than anything, yeah, and then it came, when it didn't come through, did it, because we put the uh, the deal sheet through, you know, before the 5pm deadline, giving us the extra two hours to get the deal over the line, but the delay in the announcement was due to the German FA, so, meaning that we couldn't oh. officially announce it until the Friday, so, but yeah, no, he's going to be joining up with the team before the Liverpool game, but I don't know if he's going to go straight. So, yeah, 20 years old and six foot three. I don't know anything about him, but I, I mean, it's got to be better than what we've got. <laughs> so, yeah. I, well, know, we've got to be patient with I, him. I, I would have been, let's say, satisfied um, if we hadn't assigned anyone else by, by deadline day because um, I don't want to to kind of, you know, rush, rush in the player. And this is kind of not the player that everyone's been demanding. The, we wanted an experienced centre-back, you know, with um, Premier League experience and so on. And we've got another young defend, defender from Europe, and every season we seem to have bought one. We had the Vestergaard last season, and, um, yeah, looking back, we've got Wesley Hoos as well. We've been brought yeah, in with kind of young, prospective players that we're going to grow and they haven't quite grown. But don't forget, like all those signings were not Hasenhutl signings. This one is. Sure. And it does so fit in with what he's trying to do. He doesn't want to buy an experienced centre-back, per se, does he? He wants to get someone that he can mould, and I think he can. I mean, I'm, I'm, at the moment, I've got nothing to go on, so I'm just, I'm just trusting his judgement. And after the shit show that we saw yesterday at the centre of defence... Oh, I mean, it's got to be an improvement, surely. Are either of you um, disappointed we didn't sign Gary Cahill? Because that was rumoured for quite a while. I, he he um, was rumoured about you know the start of last season, I think, wasn't he? And I yeah. thought I thought that would be excellent. And everyone yeah, was saying me to me, but that doesn't really work with what we're trying to do. This is not the club that we want to be. But but then, Kev, it comes back to your point, an experienced one. It's okay if you have them for a season or two, but there's not much you can do with it after that. You still need to bring up these players as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Yoshi's probably got you know a season or, or two of, of, of uh, defending him. Who's going to be that leader from the back? Well, hopefully this guy is. 
think we seem to be saying that. 22. Yeah. Um, no, I'd, I'd say give Wesley who the captain's arm band. <laughs> Are you taking the piss? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I shouldn't say, I thought you were being serious then. <laughs> And thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, boys, so what happened yesterday? Burnley, who wants to go first? <laughs> we have to talk about it at all. Fucking hell. I mean, I nearly spent uh, 20 Canadian dollars to, to, to get a TV link, but because my credit card wasn't registered in Canada, it wouldn't let me, so I had the pleasure of uh, the Solent Sport uh, commentary through my hotel Wi Fi, which. Uh, it was much better. Yeah, actually, yeah. It was, but yeah, I managed to hold out actually, and uh, was much much smoother than uh, than our play. So, can you imagine if you had spent that money and then watched that? It's just <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. happy. Can you find a pub because um, the Canadians get all of the Premier League games live, don't they? Yeah, I, I, there were some sports bars that were open in the morning, but I think they were showing baseball or um, not, not not the Premier League at that time. <laughs> yeah, wise choice, I think. <laughs> Did it sound good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Adam Blackmore, Dave Merrick, did a really good job of, um, yeah, you know, bringing the game to life, describing the atmosphere and and what's going on and and their, and their own feelings. And they, you know, they're they're fully fledged Saints fans. And I think I got the impression that you know all, the people that travelled up there were really behind the team uh, for most of the game. But that must have been a really crushing defeat to go all the way. Up there, and apparently the weather was awful, even though it was the first game of the season, and yep. wasn't really much, you know, there wasn't really much to, to sort of get excited about. Just a really bad, flat performance, and uh, yeah, the Twitter timeline afterwards seemed to reflect that as well. So, yes, yeah, a wet, windy summer's day. It's just what we expect in England. <laughs> yeah. So three nil, two from Barnes and one from Goodmanson. Uh, the eleven. So we went with Gun and Goal, three at the back sure. of Bednarik, Stevens and Vestergaard. And then Valerie, Romeo, Prousey and Bertrand in the middle. And then Ings, Redman and Adams up front. The bench, McCarthy, Cedric, Yoshida, Gineppo, Buffal, Oberfemi and Hoiberg, who was, well, he was ill, what I heard. Yeah, that was a weird one because he was, yeah, he was ill, but then he still... He still come on. Mm. Yeah. Right. Too many as well, really, just too much. Well, no, he almost... Uh, Gifted Barnes with his hat trick. Yeah. Terrible. Right, Kev, do you want to um, do you want to start? I mean, the, the first half wasn't too bad, really, was it? It's the sort of thing that we'd expect. That's but... exactly what I was thinking when I, when I was watching the thing, and this is exactly what how me and Kev saw it go. And indeed, Matt last week said the same thing. It's just going to be a tightly contested draw. Mm, it's just yeah, kind of drab and unexciting. Yeah, I hope that's not the story of the season. <laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely a baptism of fire for us. I mean, getting an absolute drubbing off of um, Burnley, uh, first game of the season, I think, um, yeah, it just shows us how much work there's still left to be done. Yeah. Um, but like you say, it started okay. I mean, it wasn't like we expected. We had a, I think it was a, a, a cross from Valerie that started, and then Adams almost, almost at the back post. So it did look like it was, it was yeah, like I say, like a tightly, tightly contested one. Game a few chances, and then the Stevens slip. Oh God! I mean, <laughs> it, 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 Has to be. I mean, I, 
it has to do, we must see something in if he's brought him back in and put him on the pitch. I mean, I'm not um, going to get too carried away with a slip because, mate, it fucking happens. I mean, it, it happened to Gerard, didn't it? Remember? <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, the slips that ha- happen. But I just, it's just, it's just oh, it's ball for Gerard. He's there. Beat the Dorantini. Hold up behind the five. Point to this on that TV. That's having chased out. Fucking out, Irish. That is that's the Irish commentary of the um the youth um Irish uh, Gaelic football game that's going on at the moment. I just wanted to turn on turn on the air conditioning because it's baking. You wanted, to t- you wanted to turn on the air conditioning. And you turn on a Gaelic football game. What a prick! <laughs> And just turned on automatically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. I've lost my train of thought now. What I, can't, what I was saying? Should we just leave him in. Let's just start slagging off Jack Stevens again. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about split. Wasn't there? There was a VAR as well, wasn't there? For it a... was the VAR. Yeah. So the ball went over the top. Um, Stevens slipped. That was what I'm questioning: is why, you know, after all the shit that Stevens gets, the slip, but it had to be him that that did it. And um, but luckily, yeah. But, I mean, Barnes put it in, but it was offside, and it, it was right. I mean, VAR comes in and and confirms it. Yeah, I mean, in, in that game, it was it was kind of a, a smooth running for VAR, wasn't it? But mm. um, some some of the other matches uh, this weekend have um, seen a lot of VAR. Um, yeah, City. yeah, City West Ham. I mean, this is the, exactly the thing that I was. Um, talking about why I was against it, that it, it is intrusive, and if you're set watching that game, it's um, yeah, it takes away a big something. But yeah, in, in our match, it didn't seem too intrusive. No, that's what Although, I mean. I think you are going to get those matches that do that, but then some of them are going like ours are going to be fine. I'm, I'm I'm still all for it. I still think it's the right thing. Time will tell. Right, and from there, I mean, that looked like a bit of a warning from Burnley, and then they sort of like just took over. We had that Goodmanson low shot, which I think Angus Gunn had covered. Um, and then, uh, did you see the... the oh, this is what I wanted to ask you guys about as well, the, um, the Adams tackle on Ben Mee. Yeah, that was, that was reviewed as well, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, so VAR looked at that. Surely that's the booking or a red. That's a dangerous tackle. That's high. It's late. What were they looking at? How did they not deem that to be, you know, punishable? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he just floored him. But um, yeah, apparently that's fine. Yeah, the commentator was saying they were looking carefully at the motion of his foot, and it was apparently the way it goes down the opposition player's leg, uh, they can then judge if there's a sort of malicious intent. So it's basically sort of following the angle of the ball, I suppose, as a, rather than just sort of taking someone out of the knee. And yeah, they went quite a lot of detail actually about the angle of the studs on Ben Mee's like leg. It all sounded quite painful to me. No <laughs> uh, pun intended. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he might have got away with one there because that would have been a pretty uh, inauspicious start to his Saints career to get a red card in the first 45 minutes yeah I thought he was lucky I thought when I was watching that I thought oh yeah he's, he's, he's just going to go on for that but yeah I mean I was chatting with we had Dan Barnes on last week the Burnley fan and after the game I sent him a message and said like you know congrats and all that and he thought that you know Saints started brightly and he said that Redmond was causing some problems so I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think Redmond was t- was terrible um and if I'm thinking of, yeah if I'm thinking yeah. of any chances of no I think the only thing that I can think of is that free kick that was probably the best chance we had to score yeah I mean yeah to send a 
shot into the stands as well yeah. Um, yeah, late, yeah. late on but he's the only one who, who seemed to um, have any aggression or nerve about him in the second half so so yeah the second half yeah the goal the first goal this one was uh, I was saying they do a great job of painting uh, really vivid pictures on the radio but I still couldn't quite picture exactly what happened here it sounded like Vestergaard basically just didn't he just thought of was ball watching and it went over his head. Well, from oh, from what I can see, well, I mean, I've seen the goal, obviously, but Deutsch at halftime must have said to him, get the ball up, over, because they're fucking useless with long balls and high balls. They can't deal with it. <laughs> so, I, I mean, Eric Peters gets the ball and he just whips it on the outside of his boot and it's gone up high in the air and Vestergaard is just, what the fuck is that guy doing? I d- he's just nowhere near it. It's like he's walked away and it's just fallen straight to Ashley Barnes and he's just tucked it away through Gunn's legs. I mean, Kev, what, I mean, did the wind catch it? <laughs> I don't know, but it just, it just completely switches off. I mean, that combined with the Stephen slip and um, it's just a kind of, just a catalogue of errors from defence and the same old sense. Yeah, they should be dealing with things like that. I mean, he's a tall guy. He should be more commanding with things like that. He just looks like a complete twat. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe like he's, he's so high up that he's just blinded by the light of the sun or something. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> it's just... Oh, it, it's, it's comedy. It really is. Um, and the second goal, the, the Barnes one again, just giving the ball away, inviting the pressure. Defence is all over the place. I don't know what they're doing. They're all separated. Nobody knows who's got who. Vestergaard, again, is not marking. He's switched off. The ball is a fantastic cross, by the way. Uh, brilliant. Just straight over, and it's just on his own. One touch, bang. 2-0, and that's it. Game over. Angus Gunner, it wasn't his best day. No. No, I was going to talk to you guys about Angus Gunner after the game. Um, and then we made some wholesale change. I think Oberfemi came on for Ings just before the second goal. Buffal comes on for Adams... And Hoiberg, I believe, comes on for Stevens, so a complete reshuffle there. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't help because we let another goal in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still kind of tinkering with the uh, formations. I mean, yeah, this 4 2 2 2 that he wants to play, um, I, I don't think I've ever seen it work. Mm. And we were so desperate, um, two goals down, that, I mean, I suppose that he had to try it at least, but. Yeah, Bufo and um, Obafemi, again, not really much effect on the match at all. No one did, did they really, to be honest? Um, and the third one, yeah, another long long ball. Vestergaard heads it down. Bertrand is just, you know, robbed off the ball. Something that they challenged because they thought it was a free kick. Goodmanson just nipped the ball away. Nothing wrong with it for me. And then, you know, Gunn should have done better than that. He should have stopped that, or at least... You know, made a made an effort for that. Um, and then you know things got worse because then Hoiberg, what the, what was he doing? Slips that ball back to to Gun. Barnes nips in and could have had a hat trick. Yeah, oh, you can see that kind of in slow motion happen. You're like, oh, shit. yeah. <laughs> just Hoiberg back to his his like antics from a couple of years ago, just always looking back to pass. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, 
think that Hasenhut would have beaten that out of him. Yeah, and he did. You know, largely he does. He's you know probably our best central midfielder, but just got that mistake in him. Like uh, that, are these just teething problems? Do you think? Or yeah, you know? something I need to ask you. We need to ask you, Tim. Do, do you think it's anything to worry about? A little bit, because I don't know if this is like the inverse law of, uh, of pre-seasons where quite often a team will have a fantastic pre-season and then start really poorly and then vice versa, they'll have a really bad mm. pre-season everything's fine when the uh, real action kicks off. But I think that's what's created such a you know, sense of deflation and, and the unusual meltdown or bedwetters or whatever you want to call people because there was so much hype about the Ralph. You know, the Ralph Express is, is about to leave the station and everyone's really pumped up and all these videos and to be fair like you know with, with good reasons like the Buffalo goal I think it was, it was against Feyenoord and one of the pre was really good then yeah, yeah. two goals against Cologne so, so you know, lots to be excited about and I'd say like a good solid 7, 8 out of 10 um, transfer window as well so I think all of that created a lot of expectation and also the fact that like you said, were saying with, with Dancers now Hassan Hootel bringing in his own uh, his own signings and, and having his his own first real uh, you know go at the team with with a full preseason. So I think that is what's quite worrying that all of that positivity going into it kind of evaporated within what seventy minutes. Yep. For five, you know, really, yeah, really, really quite worrying. And and as as Kev was saying, all the still not knowing your best lineup and the best tactics and tinkering with the formation. Yeah, I'm a bit bit worried. Okay, so with that, going, I mean, if we look at Liverpool next week, how, what do you change? Do you take Vestergaard well, out? Do you, you take Dunn out? They take Stevens out for a start. Yeah, get rid of Jack fucking Stevens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why Yoshida wasn't starting. No, no, a lot of people have questioned that. Yeah. But I mean, would you tinker with the formation? Would you just play flat, uh, flat back four? It's difficult. Because he does really seem to like. Uh, Bertrand and um, Valerie. Valerie playing those wing back roles, and against Liverpool, could we are we going to need the extra man in defence? I don't know. Yeah, we should probably just play a flat back seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Part of the bus. Yeah. Look, if we do what we did last season, I thought we could be fine. I'm definitely putting yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Kev, are you um are you panicking at the moment, or are you just like? You know, well, I mean, just get over it, guys. We're in a relegation struggle already. <laughs> Don't say that. Oh yeah, we're lingering at the bottom of the table with the dress. Um, no, of course, it's too it's way too early um, to, to make any judgment. But at the same time, you're thinking prospects. if you can't beat Burnley, well, not not if you can't beat, if you get spanked by Burnley, then where's the optimism? Where's that gone? And I think it's going to be maybe a similar season. I mean, it could just be that the pre-season did lull us into a false sense of security. I'm not even talking and about pre-season. I don't even... Yeah, I'm not even... It's just this game in general. It's just... No, but I mean, in terms of the... Um, just the, the kind of psychological mm. momentum and the morale within the team, maybe they're on the same high that the fans are, and this has brought them down back to earth, and uh, they just need to go back into training, work hard, and um, you know, try and learn from the lessons. Um, if, if we get anything against Liverpool, then we, we can already start talking about um, panic over. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think after the Brighton match, then we can, um, yeah, start looking at what the team 
really looks like. Sure. I think the big problem is the manner of the defeat. Because, like, let's say Burnley had brought in some wonder signing and, and, and they'd scored three amazing goals, then you'd think, well, that's an absolute a fluke. But what's happened is it's been the same problems we've had in the past, which is, you know, really simple defensive mistakes, ball watching, like you said, yep. players not knowing their position. I think that's the worrying thing. Is the, 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 yeah, the way in which we, we conceded, and it's, it's the problems that you would have hoped they would have just worked on relentlessly over the summer, just coming straight back up again. And letting our nemesis, Ashley Barnes, nearly score a hat through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, do you think the 3 0 flatters them? Because, like you yeah. said, the first half, it was fairly close, and we probably, a lot of people have said that we had the better of the first half, but. To lose three 0 it doesn't really do it justice, I don't think. From and they were just three errors, and that's it. You're punished. Yeah, yeah. I think it does. I think you know, if you t- ask any neutral before the game, they would probably have said a nil nil or a one one. I don't think many people would have gone for a three nil Burnley win. Yeah, not even the Burnley fans. No, no, no exactly. Um, but. Coming back to Vestergaard, I don't want to be too negative about him, but he was just flat out poor. Um, and he's, I don't know, because we started to believe in him towards the end of last season. We thought maybe he is going to be the player that we need him to be. But he seems to have a very good game or a terrible game. And his mobility is a huge issue, which we knew anyway, but it's in the spotlight more because of yesterday. So does he play? I mean, if he's playing with Bednarik, Yoshida... Stevens and or Danzo, you know, are they going to become really like skittish around him? What what do we do with it? Yeah, it is been the eternal centre back paradox, isn't it, for us? And that ever since Fonte left, it's always been the person that played with him always sort of fed off his confidence. And then obviously, then Van Dyke came in and was, sort of took it to another level. But yeah, is it the case that because you've got other players around him, like Jack Stevens, making mistakes, slipping over? They just sort of feed off each other's like incompetence, and it's sort of a bit of keystone cops going on. Yeah. Would someone like bringing Yoshida with that little bit more experience and leadership maybe get him back on a on a more of a you know a even keel? I don't know. I think so. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, we can already take Narek's nails on in that defence. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I agree. But yeah, yeah. I'd put Vestergaard um, along with um, Bednarik and obviously yeah. Um, Yoshida, the more experienced fucker rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about is the in the Cologne game, we played Adams down the right and Ings in the centre. Yesterday, they kind of switched it up and that didn't seem to work. But, I mean, I don't really know if they swapped, you know, in-game. There's always an option to do that, of course, but I don't think it's Cologne, it's, it's Burnley, it's different, it's pre-season, it's Premier League, but I think Adams plays a lot better down the right or down the left and leavings yeah. leavings more central. I mean, you could even play things behind Redmond and Adams. I mean, we've seen that he's a very versatile player um, and Redmond too. So, I mean, yeah, we, we can switch, switch up that attack and um, see which, which combination works best. I don't think it worked yesterday. I mean, you look at yeah. it on paper, looking at that three... I thought, yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, I like that. Ings, Adams, and Redmond. I thought that's going to cause so many problems with the pace, the, you know, and the trickery that Redmond's got. 
that's going to yeah, we're going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams, but it didn't seem to work. No, I think the problem as well is Burnley are uniquely sort of free to shoot all, and then you're bringing on Obafemi and Buffal who are kind of quite small as well. So you basically have our we've got very little height in, in the in the team sort of attacking wise. Yeah, um, and you need to be in a Man City or or a short team, but they're so good they can just pass around anyone, and we're not at that level. No. So there isn't really any way through for us. Um, qu- question, Tim, is Angus Gunn, mm. is his place in trouble? Oh, good question. I mean, better be careful what we say, because apparently if you criticise on Twitter, his dad will get angry and start, you know, <laughs> getting the rolling you know, and looking uh, yeah. in the direction. Uh, he, I mean, he, he's a great, he had that fantastic game against Chelsea. Seemed to have been given the number one spot. Very disappointing last game of the season, which I was at against Huddersfield. Really Bizarre error there. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think yesterday did look a bit shaky again. I mean, he does do... Uh, I think the, the great that he does that outweighs the bad, but when he does the... I mean, it's easy to say when you're a goalkeeper you make a mistake as a goal, but I just I don't think McCarthy makes as many mistakes. And let's, let's, let's be honest, McCarthy did nothing wrong for me. I don't think McCarthy deserved to be dropped the way he did. And I mean, like, middle of last season, Kev, we were suggesting that I mean, there was a opinion that we thought maybe he was going to go backwards and forwards on his goalkeepers and keep it fresh. But mm. looks like he's he's favoured Gun. Yeah, I don't understand why McCarthy was dropped. Was it just literally because we paid quite a lot of money for yeah. Angus Gunn? Thirteen and a half million quid for yeah. They spent a lot of money. They feel like they, they he's the future. Big investment in the future, yeah. Mm. But I'm just questioning whether whether Gunn starts against Liverpool. Again, it's going to be harsh to drop him for just that one game. Yeah, you don't want to break his confidence right at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, exactly. It's, um, a, it's a difficult balance. Uh, if you had some sort of, you know, agrees uh, that, you know, we'd rotate between Gunn and McCarthy um, if they're both fit, then, you know, it, it would it would be fine. But... Uh, yeah, if McCarthy starts, then it's going to look like he's just dropped Gunn off the back of that one defeat. And maybe Brian Gunn will get really, really angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, man of the match, Tim. <laughs> Good luck. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, I thought you were saying that Tim, Tim was the man of the match. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> just for making the effort to tune in. I mean, I think... Um, I think I tweeted the time a silly Simpsons gift with the uh, judges all holding up zeros, which maybe <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Nathan Redmond, I suppose, because Kev said like showed more attacking intent, and uh, from the from the from the notes I made, he had one one good chance. No one else really did. So yeah, Nathan Redmond probably got a five, five out of ten at best, and everyone else would have been under five. Yeah, I'd go along. I mean, I. I've got two players written down. I've got. I mean, usually when we get beat, somehow it just ends up with with Redmond because he's the one that can, you know, bring us back. But I've got Valerie written down also because of the crosses that he put in. He put a couple of decent crosses in. I say Che Adams won at the start of the game that could have put us one up. Had a chance. Yeah, but and like I say, Redmond's always the, the, the spark that we look to. So between those two, for me, Valerie or Redmond. I don't think Ings did enough for me. No, no. Yeah, Adams didn't look awful, but um, yeah, Redmond's the only player that looked anything but bad. 
Okay, so on to Liverpool next. <laughs> Home openers don't come much harder than this. Um, European champions and all that. But wow, where do we start with Liverpool? <laughs> I mean, they just picked up where they sort of left off last season, didn't they? They blew away Norwich in the first half. Didn't really need to do much in the second. Uh, yeah, Firmino is looking great. The defence imperious. Alexander Arnold and uh, Robertson getting forward are so dangerous. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, there's just no. They're a bit like City, really. There's no no weak position now. They've really strengthened their goalkeeper and the defence. Uh, yeah, it's a really really tough ask to get anything. I think from the match. Kev, Liverpool with you. <laughs> In terms of transfers, they didn't do anything, did they? But do they actually need to? It's a very difficult question, isn't it? I mean, apart from the marquee signing, um, there's not really much they can add to the, to the squad with, isn't Yeah, well, we um, what needs to got be. the goalkeeper they needed last season. Um, they got three excellent um, attacking bastards, really. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah for, for, for me, no, Salah, Mane, I mean... If one of them gets injured, they've still got backup as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, they're fine, aren't they? Do you know what, though? I love writing off Liverpool, and I did kind of write them off just based on their... They had a lot of injuries in pre-season, and looking at their pre-season results, okay, apart from Tranmere and Bradford, they, they lost to Dortmund, lost to Sevilla, got a draw with Sporting, got hammered by Napoli, and then they lost to Man City in the Community Shield. I know that was on penalties. And I thought... I watched that, yeah. I thought, you know what, they're not going to be as... It's not going to be as close as it was last season. I think, you know, Spurs might push them a little bit for second place. Uh, but, I mean, I was watched I watched the Norwich game. Wow, I watched the first, like, first half of it. And when it was 3-0, I started feeling slightly nauseous. So I turned it off. Um, but... Yeah, I can. In fairness to Norwich, they kind of went for it, didn't they? I mean, you don't get a lot of teams that have just come up from the Championship playing a you know a massive team like Liverpool, and they actually tried to go for it. They didn't sit back, they didn't park the bus, they went for it, and they got punished for it. So I guess you know what's our strategy? <laughs> Do we just like learn from that and think, okay, let's just park the bus? Yeah, I read that Norwich created 14 uh, chances, which is pretty impressive. And I think yeah. you're right, we do the same thing as we did in April, really take the game to them. I mean, there's two things uh, that might very slightly work in our in our favour. One is that they've got the Super Cup on Wednesday again. Yeah, Wednesday, Chelsea. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how seriously they'll take that, probably quite seriously, because um, they want to win everything. And, and it's Chelsea, yeah. And it's Chelsea, and they hate Chelsea. And then also, you know, not, not to... Wish an injury upon anyone, but Alisson is out looking like it's mm. going to be quite a long time. And Adrian is a very good uh, backup keeper. In fact, probably be first choice keeper. Most teams in the lower half of the Premiership, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not as good. Obviously, he's not the world class uh, keeper that Alisson is, so he might be easier. To, and he did, uh, he did concede the goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, the weekend. So that's, that's two, two small glimmers of hope for us there. Mm, yeah, Wednesday, Saturday. It's um, it's a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday, isn't it? So it's not an early one. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Is that, is that injury serious? To, yeah, he's um, going to be out for a while. Well, you got him in your fantasy football team, Kev. That serves you right for picking a Liverpool player, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, the curse. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't. 
I, I do think they will take the Super Cup seriously, and I don't mm. think it's going to affect them and their preparation for Saturday. They've got a big enough squad. I mean, they've got two squads that can that can beat Saints fairly easy. So, yeah, I'm, I don't I don't think that's going to be an issue. And I say, like you say, Adrian's is, is good enough to play, be playing in any Premier League side. So, got a great backup there. Well, he's, he's in Istanbul though, which is a bit of a trek. Four hour, four hour return flight. Is it? In, I didn't even know that. It's in Istanbul, All right? Yeah, okay. Vodafone Stadium, Vodafone Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe a glimmer of hope. <laughs> we said that about Burnley in their trip to Istanbul last. Uh, that is that is <laughs> true. That is true. Yeah, but we didn't lose. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Predictions. I'm going to ask the guest first. So, Tim, fire away. Uh, I think we're going to score because we're at home um, we did last time and I don't think we can be as bad as Saturday but they're going to win so I think I'm going to say 3-1 to Liverpool I'm afraid 3-1 to Liverpool ok Kevin in our terms of our little battle I went first last week so you go first this week ok so uh, I think that even if they do put out a slightly weakened side, um, they are going to be too much for us still. Um, I think we might have a glimmer of hope, and um, yeah, just like the last time we met, and I think it's going to be 2 1 to Liverpool. 2 1 to Liverpool, okay. I'm going <laughs> to. I had a different score written down. I think before the Burnley game, I thought Saints were going to give them a get, and I had 2 1 written down, 2 1 Liverpool. But after watching the Burnley game, seeing how easy it is, we can, we can concede. I don't know if Danso is going to make his, his debut. Even if he does, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. I'm just, I've lost a lot. I mean, I can't see us scoring at all. I can't see it. So I'm going to have to go with a 3 0 again. 3 0. 3 0. 3 0 Liverpool. I did have 2 1, but I've changed my mind. It's going to be 3 0. I can't see us scoring. Is that because you think uh, their defence is just so good, or because. You just think oh, we won't have the confidence or be able to create the opportunities? The, yeah, the latter, definitely. Um, and if we do try and fight with a bus, that means that there's going to be more ball time for Jack fucking Stevens. Well, it? I don't. Yeah, I don't think Hassan Hill will ever stay part of the bus against anyone. I don't think that's his style. But no. even against Liverpool, I just, especially at home. But yeah, I just don't think we're. we're yeah, the confidence is low. I think they're going to. Play this game out, see how it goes, and then uh, yeah, the season will start against Brighton. But by yeah. then, we'll be bottom of the league because we're going to lose two, yeah, games, I mean, two games, three nil. We're going to be minus six goal difference, no points, and that's it. No goals. Yeah. Um, you make it sound so bleak, and it's only two games in. Yeah, but this, but this is what I do, Kev. Oh, right. Okay. I'm not the most. Um, I am pretty pessimistic, you know that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, but that's the way I see it. I'll be the obsessed. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, good. Balance out. <laughs> right, OK. So, Tim, are you ready to take on uh, in that number Matt Lequiz? Yes. OK, so, the first question. Name the year. Kevin Jones left to go to Sunderland. George Burley was replaced by Nigel Pearson as manager. Stern John was our top scorer with 19 goals, and we finished 20th in the Championship. Name that season. Ooh. No Googling now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, ooh. 2007? 
Are you saying 2007 and 8, or are you saying 2006-7? 2006-7. Ah! 7-8. Oh, no! <laughs> Do you think we should let them have that? Because it was 2007. I don't know. They all happened over that year. Yeah. 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 We did the same name. Yeah. Yeah. Merciful. Yeah, we'll let you have that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you the benefit of that. Cool. Okay, so Kev, you keep an tally again, yeah? One. <laughs> right, okay. To get my wall. <laughs> Question number two. James Beattie made his debut in 1998, but what was his first shirt number? Was it 9, 10, or 16? 9. No, it was 16. Oh. 16? Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that I was going to go for 9 or 10. Okay, so question a bit fresher in the memory. Last season, how many goals did Nathan Redmond score in all competitions? Did anyone get in double figures? I don't think they did. Oh, maybe they did. All co- did you say in all competitions, not just Premier League? Yeah, all competitions. Yeah, all competitions. Yeah, I think he got uh, 11. It was 9. Oh, I was going to say nine. <laughs> so, uh, nine. I thought he scored nine in the Premier League and then he got two. In the I think mean, he got seven in the Premier League and nine in yeah. the FA Cup. No, yeah. no, I don't nine. They got two in the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, player link. I'm going to name the clubs and you're going to name me the player. Beershot. Celtic. Southampton. Tottenham. Would you like me to read those again? Yeah. Beershot, Celtic, Southampton, Tottenham. Wanyama? Correct. That's two. Okay, now for the who am I. So your first chance for three points, and you've only got one chance of answering. I was born in Macclesfield in 1981, but I spent the first three years of my life in Singapore. Who am I? Yes, yeah, I need to, I need to guess now to to beat Matt, but I think it, I think I think I'm gonna to have to go for the the draw with him at best and, and have the second clue. Okay, that's wise. Okay, clue number two for two points. Played his youth football for Brentford Centre of Excellence in 1991. He turned down contracts from Chelsea and Millwall, and instead chose QPR in 1994 before moving to Tottenham. Tottenham offered him his first professional contract. Mm. Now, going to need another one. Yeah, okay. Okay, so he had spells at QPR, Portsmouth, and Aston Villa before signing for Spence in 2004, becoming the top scorer and player of the year for 2004-2005. Once Saints were relegated, he switched to Liverpool for seven million. Oh, Crouchy. Yes, yeah. ah. Crouchy. For a point. So that yeah. was, is that four? Three. That was three, sorry. That's all right. That's a good effort. Not bad, not bad. That, I thought that one was tough. The, the Who Am I was, was a tough one, because I don't think, I mean, there's a, I don't think a lot of people would have got that one. I didn't realise that he spent his first three years in Singapore. Yeah, Singapore really threw me. Yeah. But I had a few people in mind at first, and then I was like, no, no. Who, who were you thinking? Because it's like 1981. Yeah, sort of people like Lee Barnard, maybe? Yeah, I mean, Ooh. Lambert was around that. Lambert, well, yeah. I was thinking, how close is uh, Macclesfield to Liverpool? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, it, it, it does, it does, it does throw people a little bit. Okay, right, so we're going to move into the extra time segment. Um, got a couple of questions for you, Tim. 
Yeah. The usual. So, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Yeah, so, definitely the Pompey shirt. And I know that I shouldn't say that with such kind of conviction as a, as a Saints fan of, of, of 27 years, as I mentioned. But I am pretty scared of haunted houses. And the reason <laughs> for this is because Madame Two Swords, uh, the famous tourist waxwork rip-off uh, machine, uh, back when I was a very young child, uh, my grandparents put me there, and in their chamber of horrors, they were running a competition, which was if you could sleep for a night in the chamber of horrors, you would win, I think, a grand or something. And um, it just terrified me so much, this idea, uh, as a child, that I've just never, ever wanted to be in a haunted house. Because I know they'd just spend the entire night devising, like, props, and they'd have actors in costumes, and, like, waxwork you know, Jack the Ripper coming at you, and so that, that that's very fixed in my head. Yeah, exactly. This is all the stuff that you'd have to deal with, whether you believe in ghosts or not. There yeah. is something that will scare you in yeah. in this haunted house, but that's why I would take the Pompey shirt as well. So I think you are the only person that has said that, just me and you, Tim. <laughs> I'm glad, right. I'm glad I've got somebody. All right, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, and our other regular question, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? So definitely twice the height of Peter Crouch because... Yes! Um, so this is my... This is my I, I really like this feature and I've thought about this quite a lot. And my ra- rationale is I go to a lot of gigs, uh, as I was just saying. The Iron Maiden one. I'd see everyone stood up, um, which is fine because when it's seats, it's obviously like tiered so you could see. But a lot of the gigs I go to uh, are all, all standing. And I swear, and I'm a tall guy, right? I'm six foot two. I swear the average height of a gig goer is about a, a Peter Crouch, right? Is about six foot seven. <laughs> so I can't see it. And it's, it's even worse than with, um, with Anne. Like, she can't see anything. She can just see the back of some guy's like, legs. So, uh, and then you get people on other people's shoulders. So if, if you were two Peter Crouches, you could still see over the top of the people sitting on other people's shoulders. And it'd be brilliant. Yeah, that's exactly. I would, yeah, there's so many better things that you could do being that high. I, I mean, you know, you've gone exactly the same as me, Sam, so thank you. Sorry, Kev. All right, well, yeah, good luck finding a house. <laughs> you know, actually, my flat is a, it's an old Victorian uh, conversion from, like, 1890s. The ceiling's about, four me- about three and a half, four metres. So I can't change the light bulbs without standing on a stepladder. So, again, if I was two-piece crouch, I could just change the lights. See, the, the pros just keep on coming, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how yeah, this goes first. We'll see how many uses we can think for um, being, <laughs> for being cool, for yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so we're going to go into our prediction. Not a lot to talk about because me and Kev wrongly, I mean, we predicted Saints and Burnley would draw. How stupid were we? So, yeah, no points on that front. Yeah, Super Six. Uh, week one winner was Ben Wyatt. He scored 11 points. 11 points on week one. That was amazing. Uh, and the week two winner was Freddie from the ugly inside. Scored nine. Um, which means the overall leader is Ben Wyatt on 15 points. So, yeah, well done, Ben. Uh, fantasy football. Right, Kev, I know you're on your travels and stuff like that. I, I know, I, I'm not... Have you have you Got checked? Really yeah, like have you, teams, have you yeah. checked your your abysmal team? Um, I've looked at the league and seen where I am. Um, yeah, I am joint bottom. <laughs> and, um, 
uh, on 33 points. Um, and Tim is one point ahead of me. Yeah, me and Tim were discussing this before before we come on, and he said he had a bit of a shocker. Um, have you? I know, Kev, you haven't even got any players playing today, have you? Um... I don't Chelsea. So you've got you've got Man United, Chelsea. You've got Arsenal, Newcastle, Newcastle and you've got Leicester and Wolves today. Yeah. And you've got a cropped goalkeeper. And you decided to start Danny Ings up front and leave Billy Sharp on the bench. Sorry, mate. Um, Tim, how's your how's your team looking? Have you got anyone in yeah. there today? Uh, I've got I've got um, Tielemans who actually was my final uh, team name of last season. Oh, team reference, but um, yeah, he's not done anything so far. And then Bolly is on the bench, but he will probably come in because Bernardo Silva didn't play and he's my first reserve. But those two will cancel each other out. Basically, I'm also pleading uh, travel ignorance and not doing my research. Uh, a lot of people are saying Mane would, wasn't, was never going to start, you idiot, because he just come back from the AFCON. And obviously he went a lot further with Senegal than Salah did. Um, yeah, so basically poor choice still around. Also, because uh, if you guys listen to um, six, BBC 606, uh, Alistair Bruce Ball and Chris Sutton are doing their little fantasy football head-to-head. Mm-hmm. And Alistair Bruce Ball, ADB, as they call him, he was saying, oh yeah, Ben Foster in goal would be a great choice. What will keep loads of clean sheets. <laughs> so terrible advice there, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have a, I have a team name, um, uh, uh, point of contention here. There are two teams called Lord of the Ings in the league. So I think, I think one of them's going to have changed to something else. Oh, I don't know. I, didn't see that. I was Lord of the Ings last year. Maybe someone stole you it from me. Yeah. I changed it this year, so I'm um, Fifty Shades of Che I am this year. So, <laughs> That's very good. Uh, and nobody's that. So yeah, I don't know. Is there two Lord of the Ings? Maybe I'll have to contact yeah. them and say, yeah, change your name. Oh. I, was, I, was, I mean... Uh, Someone else has taken an Alpha Romeo. Yeah, that was Freddie, I think, wasn't it? Oh, Freddie, yeah. I think so. You've gone for Ralph or Romeo, though, Ken. Yeah, you went Ralph, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I let him have that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, and um, Mark's taken on, uh, a comment on my previous podcast, Dynamo Massachusetts. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> but anyway, my team. Uh, I've still got... I, don't, I can't remember which Leicester player I, I have. That's embarrassing. Um, I've still got two United players and two Chelsea players to play. And I'm on 41 as it stands, so it could be a lot better. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm happy with that first week. But I was annoyed that Aguero didn't start. And then as I was watching Match of the Day, I didn't because I didn't know the score until I was watching Match of the Day. In the, um, oh, he missed that penalty. The, he missed the penalty, and I thought, for oh, Christ's sake, he didn't <laughs> start. He missed the penalty, and I thought, oh, this is, is going to be awful. But then um, VAR saved me, so and then he tucked in the rebound. So, yeah, I've got, I've got Rashford to come and score a hat-trick today. That would be nice. Um, and I've got Wan-Bissaka. Um, so yeah, I've got some I've got some points to be had today. But who won this week? Do you know? The top of the league at the moment is Jack Hobby's smoking gun. How many points did he score? Ninety-four. Ninety-four. That's incredible. I do think that he used his triple captain on on Sterling. Though is that right? Oh, yeah, get that out straight away. That's paid off. Isn't yeah, it? very very good. Yeah, we've got a bumper league this season as well. So the, yeah, the competition's very hot. Yeah, but I'm, I'm only interested in beating you, Kev. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think you've made a very good start on that. It doesn't take much, though, does it? 
Greg, Greg Kaplan, um, the hockey guy. Oh, it's Greg. We had him on the show, didn't we? Yeah. Ninety-one points in seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him since. So. Um, we've got some very good team names as well. Um, <laughs> I did see one that I was looking through the league the other day, and I just could not stop laughing. There's someone called, um, you know, you remember Carlos Puyol? There's someone that's yeah. called their team Puyol Pants Down. <laughs> 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 it's just incredible. Sorry, that I can't remember who it was, but yeah, brilliant. It did make me laugh. That's to go shout out. My favourite one I've seen uh, from last season in a work league actually was Marouane for late me. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really really good ones out there. We've got um, absolutely fabulous. Yeah, that's a good one. And Trey Dream Believers. That's Lucy Highlands. Yeah, team. that's a good one. He's around. Multiple scorers. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Right, um, Russian phrase, Kev. Have you prepared a Russian phrase? I I mean, how we... Can we do a one-word or one-phrase review of uh, of yesterday's match? Okay, so is there there a Russian phrase, stack of shit, or something like that? (laughs) Ah, okay. Okay, how about this? Polnoya Govno. Polnoya Govno. Polnoya Govno. Yeah. Is Noyer like the keeper? Yeah, Paul Noyer. Yeah, that's like pile of shit. <laughs> is that what it mean? It ju- is it gen- It just means pile of shit. It literally means um, full shit. <laughs> full, of, full of shit. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that in in my life, just not for saints. I'm going to do it everywhere. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for that. I'm going to have to remember that one. Right. Exactly. Okay. So next week we have long time season ticket holder Barry Godwin coming in to chat about Liverpool. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Kev, before I before we depart? Um, no. Um, I'm just that despite yesterday's horrific loss, um, yeah, I'm glad to be back. And um, yeah, I look look forward to an exciting season uh, with uh, with our lovely new format. Yeah, it's looking good. And actually, do you know, I mean, the last week's episode was the highest that we've had, as in listeners. Oh, so, okay. that was good. It might have been because of Matt, to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah, but and still. But Saints, Saints are in the highest position that we've had as well. Yeah. But yeah, Tim, you've been a great guest. Yes, yeah, thank you. On, I really, really appreciate you coming on, especially because you've had, like, no time. You've just got off the plane. When you said that you were right, when I, when I asked you to come on, you were... um you were coming back from Canada that day I was amazed that you said yeah yeah I'll still do it and I thought that, that you know brilliant thank you so much and you like literally just landed and just had something to eat and then got on and talked to me and, and Kev so yeah brilliant yeah, no, fun. sorry I, I haven't been able to see the, the goals um, that's, that's the only thing I wish I'd been able to do you've got a pretty good excuse so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as I said I was, I was, I was listening to it and uh, it was pretty sounded pretty dire yeah. whether you were listening watching reading the updates Whichever way you want to cut the cake, it was a shit cake or a or a gaff cake. So yeah, thank you again for coming on. Had a good time. Yeah, I should actually just add out just quickly as well on the the whole story of me supporting Saints. I uh, obviously owe a lot to my dad because basically he's from London, all my family are, but he moved to Southampton for university when he was eighteen in nineteen seventy six. Oh, so he. Started following Saints the year they won. Good time. Glory yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Glory <laughs> Hunter, yeah. He's been a fan for, yeah, 43 years. Wow. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, well done, Daddy Marshall. 
Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Thanks, Tim. No problem. Good to chat to you guys. Yeah, you too. Good luck with fantasy football. And you. You're going to need it by the looks of it. Yeah. Well, until next week. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Looking forward to listening to it. Cheers, Tim. Up the signs. Up the signs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.